Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. Um, life updates. It is the beginning of September. As a reminder, we are doing our Fisher-Price Friends Edition Little People Giveaway. We've got five of these collector's boxes to give away to all of our friends over on our Instagram. So head over there. You have the entire rest of the month of September to get in on it. Share as many with as many people as you want. That gets you extra entries, all the good stuff. We've got five of them to give away, which means you've got pretty good odds. So we're excited about it. This is our first official giveaway. It's not affiliated with anybody but ourselves, but we are very excited um, to be doing this for our listeners. It's you guys, some of you have been with us from the very beginning, and so to be able to give away something of this magnitude feels really good for me personally, and probably for, I'm going to speak for Llewellyn too, for Llewellyn too, so yes. <laughs> um, so it just feels good. So um, so head over to our Instagram. Obviously, it's linked in our show notes. As always, follow the prompts. Um, the official rules are on there, and get yourself entered. So life updates monthly. What is going on? Llewellyn for the month of September or from August. I mean, I guess August. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, not much. I mean, I don't know. I Is your job going well? Last time we, it was like your first day. So how yeah. is it going? Um, it is going well. It's, it took a little bit of time to like get adjusted for sure. Um, there's a lot of just like training things that were like, mm -hmm. gave me lots of headaches. Uh, I, I like to train a specific way, or maybe I've just become accustomed to training a certain way. And um, I just feel like this, the, tr the training that we had wasn't like up to what I like, like what helps me learn. Like I, I just wasn't getting that. So um, it took me a little bit extra time and a lot of frustration and just like leaving work, like what am I even doing? <laughs> um, but Thankfully, once they like transitioned us onto our teams, like it seemed, it, it has gotten better. I have a mostly new team that I work with. Um, everybody except for I think two people have been there less than a year. So um, we're one of the teams that has a lot of volume, but we have the newest team. So it's it can be stressful at times because it feels like everybody's asking questions and there's not a whole lot of people that have answers, but it's okay. Um, I'm still adjusting to working from home. I love not having to drive every day. Sometimes I literally leave my house just to leave my house. Um, and usually that's just like the gym or I might like take the dog on a walk or something. But uh, my roommate's dog and I have become best friends and Aww. it'll be very sad the day that I no longer live with him. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Otherwise life is life, not much different. How about you? Well, as promised, I will give a little bit of a recap of when my nephew and niece came for anti-summer camp. Um, it was fun and also the hardest thing I've done in my entire life. I was ill-prepared, unwarned, and I think I just didn't realize the expectations I had going into it that kids are tough and I'm coming in going from zero to full parent automatically 
And I think I just had expectations that it would be more fun and less parenting. So I caught myself that I just caught myself allowing myself to be less happy and joyful and fun that I thought I was going to be because I wasn't expecting it to go the way that it did. And at one point, one of my tires were flat, which caused us to miss some of our plans um, for an entire evening. And when you're trying to entertain a six and an eight-year-old and not have it be just them on their tablets or their Switch or things like that, it was really defeating. We had already been together for four days. I had a couple of emotional breakdowns over a couple of days. It just, it was just, I think next year I'll be able to manage my expectations differently, but I just wasn't prepared for how argumentative and ungrateful children are. (laughs) And like, I don't mean that in like a bad way, but like when I was recapping with my sister before, when we traded off halfway before they went back home, me and her were just talking real quick. And I said, I... I just had so many things fun planned and we did a lot of fun things. We even added things that weren't on the list purely for fun. And yet the one thing I felt like they went away with was because my tire popped, they weren't able to go bowling and that they were sad about it. And yet they were there for six full days. Okay, five full days. It's a long time. And yeah, so it felt kind of defeating. At the end of a full week, I was like, you know, there was a lot of fun things that we did, but I'm afraid that they're going to walk away and just be like, yeah, we didn't get to go bowling and be like, that's what you got from this week, you know? And just, I'm not there to hear their recap of like how much fun they had later when they're recapping and thinking back on it. And I'm sure that they will remember it as a good week, but in real time, it just felt so defeating. So it was both good and bad. And I will do it again next year, but I'll be able to temper my expectations a little bit more which will then cause me to be a better person while I'm there because I won't be so disappointed because my expectations were unmet. But so it sounds really bad, but it's like, it's hard when people ask like, oh my gosh, how was it? Because I was just so excited for it to then have to say like, it was okay. (laughs) Um, There's things I'll change, but and I'll do it again and it'll be fun, but it was it was rough. So that is my life update. That is my monthly update. Um Yeah, ready for ready for the month. So let's get into the episode. I think you're taking over the captain's hat. So episode recap and then we'll get right into it. Yeah. So this week we watched season seven, episode six, titled The One with the Nap Partners, written by Brian Buckner and Sebastian Jones, directed by Gary Halverson. Monica frets when she meets one of Chandler's long-lost girlfriends and learns that he dumped her because she was fat. And Phoebe and Rachel vie for the honor of becoming Monica's maid of honor. Oh, and I also always forget to mention this was aired on November 9th, 2000. Okay, so we start at lunch Um, in the soft open with the girls. Monica wants to propose a plan with them. Since there are three of them, her idea is that each one of them will be the maid of honor for one of of the others. 
the girls all agree that this is super fair and they're eagerly wanting to know who is going to be Monica's. But that's the kicker. Monica wants them to decide. Um, so they didn't really like this idea, but they, they go with it. They're like, okay, cool, fine. And then Rachel tries to like sweet talk Monica and she's like, no, I'm serious. I want you guys to decide. Um, and as they're having this conversation, they mention Chandler's name a couple of times, I think. And a woman approaches and asks if Monica is, is in fact marrying Chandler Bing. And Monica says, yeah, of course I am. And she's like, oh, well, uh, good luck with that. Like kind of sarcastically and then walks away. Her, her head whipped around so fast in the background of that scene as soon as Monica said that. I think they did a really good job of having her act that out because the camera angle is there. A lot of the times the extras in the back aren't really engaging with what's happening in the scene on purpose, I think. But as soon as she said Chandler Bing, her head whipped around. And I said, yeah, nice oh, she's about to participate in this. I also thought, I know you mentioned it, I think two episodes maybe or last episode about Phoebe's hair being we're back to her not wearing a wig and in this episode I could very much tell that we are back and her hair looks great yeah I thought yeah and then Rachel holding her hands like it felt like they were holding hands like a game show contestant or something like when they were finding (laughs) out like about who was who she's like oh here it is and she like grabs her hand I was like it feels like um Miss America when they're about to announce like who won (laughs) that's what made me think of it so what I think is interesting is well I can do this at the end when they finally kind of land on something because it turns out differently but but go ahead okay so we start in the main part of the episode and uh much to Leanne's irritation here the guys are watching what they call their favorite movie at Ross's place once again die hard (laughs) After just Once again, all this time with Bruce Willis. With Bruce Willis. I'm like, guys, you come on. It's so obvious. It's just bad writing. Yeah. Um, Joey offers that they make it a double feature by, uh, he says, watching the second one. But in reality, he rented the same movie twice. Um, and Chandler <laughs> isn't on board. He's like, no, I'm going to back out of this one. And he, you know, stating he has plans. But Ross is all for it. So he ends up staying and then isn't ha- didn't he mention John McClain? Did didn't he? he say something about like John McClain had like John McClain had plans or something? I don't know. He mentioned John McClain. I just wanted to say John McClain is um he's now retired. He's a retired American sports writer, but at the time of this episode, he re- um Oh, he was the winner of the like, 2006 uh Dick McCann Memorial Award for the Pro Hall of Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, so he's a sports writer. So I'm sure it had to do with the, no, sorry, McLean, John McLean. I'm sorry. I misunderstood that completely. John McLean is the fictional character in the main protagonist of Die Hard. Oh my gosh. I was about to, I was about to make every guy who listens. I was about to ostracize every single guy who listens to our podcast, even though it's not that many, according to our numbers comparatively. Um, sorry, main protagonist of Die Hard said he has plans. That makes more sense. John McClane. McClane. <laughs> C-L-A-N-E. Sorry. Go ahead. No worries. <laughs> um, so we head, we head down to the cafe where Phoebe is sneakily asking Rachel to be her future maid of honor. And Rachel is like <laughs> kind of excited at first, but then she catches on and calls her out. Um, they argue back and forth and Phoebe 
states like look it's two of our best friends like who knows who you're gonna marry rachel and rachel takes offense to that who knows what you're gonna marry yeah (laughs) what she says (laughs) um but she like fights back that like saying maybe i'll marry ross or joey um which irritates phoebe as well and then phoebe kind of lays it on rachel you know says like look I've never been a maid of honor before, and I really would like the chance to have, you know, the opportunity to do that, especially with somebody who's like a good friend of ours. And Rachel, I feel like Rachel really responds well to, um, you know, somebody who's just being sincere in their like vulnerability. And yeah, so she and Phoebe knows that because Phoebe is smart when it comes to things like this. And Rachel caves and says, okay, well, I guess since you've never been a maid of honor before, like, by all means, like, be be Monica's. So she hands it over, essentially, to Phoebe. Um, yeah. Then... I I think at least one of the weddings that Phoebe mentions, because she says, you've been a bridesmaid in at least two weddings, and one of them was Barry and Mindy's wedding in season two finale. I don't know the other one. But that's at least one of them. Yeah. Um, I also liked how Rachel threatened the backup. We had just gotten, it's been a few episodes now, but we've just come off of a storyline where the Rachel and Phoebe, after the engagement or during the engagement, talk about the guys being their backup if they're not married after a certain amount of years or whatever. And so the fact that Rachel first says, maybe I'll marry Joey. She's like, you wouldn't because that is her backup. That's who she drew. So I love that they kind of did a small callback to that, that they are, she's going to try and claim Phoebe's backup as a way to threaten her to give it up. And, but I'd say, honestly, it works out for Rachel if if that's the case, because that means Monica gets to be Rachel's and Monica is nothing but organ, nothing if not organized. Yeah. True. <laughs> she would be the best maid of honor. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so then back at Ross's house or apartment, he, and we come in on him and Joey cuddling on the couch, like straight up just came out of a nap. They're kind of stirring. And they they kind of take a minute to come out of it, as everybody does when you start waking up from a nap. But as soon as they realize what's happening, they both freak out and jump apart. And they, like, mm-hmm. are patting their clothes down, like, checking the status of, like, what clothes am I wearing? Um, and Joey is, like, ready to bolt. He's like, I'm, I'm, I need to go. Like, I'm done. Like, it's, it's, it's nice seeing you. And they, like, kind of look at each other, agree not to talk about what happened. And as Joey is walking out the door, they look at each other and yell die hard twice because it's like their little (laughs) bro thing that they all do when they watch die hard. (laughs) Okay, so this scene where they take the nap for the first time, so it's specific to the first time, took ages to film. It's one of the longest running bloopers in the gag reel. David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc could not stop laughing in this scene. So it's one of the longest that they have in their entire gag reel over the course of the series. I also, that sweater Ross was wearing, I almost had to wear sunglasses. It was so bright white. It was, it was. It it was so bright. It was almost shocking. So I felt like I had to call that out because I, I couldn't not stare at it in the scene because it was 
so contrasted with the other colors in his apartment. Um, it was blinding. It was blinding. Um, okay, so we head to the apartment, the main apartment, Monica's and Chandler's, and apparently Chandler's plans at the apartment were watching and laughing at some kind of porn that he's watching. Um, Monica enters and he attempts to change it, but he, it's not lost on her what he was doing. Um, and so Monica tells him about the encounter that she had at lunch with this girl and he isn't aware of like off the top of his head who it is and asks what she looks like and then eventually pulls out a yearbook to try to see if he could locate who this girl is and we find out it's julie graff she was a summer camp girlfriend who chandler Mm. broke up with the third summer they were supposed to date because she was (laughs) fat i was wondering if you were gonna make the sound and i was really hoping you would so thank you for delivering on that yeah um obviously (laughs) obviously monica gives him crap for this because oh he has to swallow his words it's so bad yeah and he tries to make like an inappropriate like elephant joke but then just like (sighs) confirms to monica like look you need all the luck you're gonna get marrying me yeah uh did you notice that when she came into the apartment as she was about to sit down because he was in that singular chair. She, when she went to go sit on the couch, they gave each other like this weird high five. <laughs> they did. <laughs> I was like, was that supposed to happen? Or was, what is happening in that is scene? Is that like a Courtney so... and Matt thing? Not a. <laughs> yes. It was almost like they were doing, they were doing it while doing their scene. And it felt very outside of its own. Out of place. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it felt out of place. So I just had to call that out because if you're watching it and you see it, you're like, what What are they doing? All right. So then we head over to Joey's and Phoebe is asking Rachel to help her pick out strippers. And Rachel assumes that she is looking at this for Monica's bachelor party, um, which, according to Phoebe's face, was not the case. Um, (laughs) And Joey walks in. So Rachel tells him, like, the, the good news that Phoebe is the maid of honor and um he just being excited like spills the beans basically that she's been a maid of honor before for somebody in the building she has been caught in a lie yeah rachel um obviously is pretty mad about it and jumps up to say like look i'm gonna be monica's maid of honor just because you lied but phoebe isn't one to give up so joey steps in and offers that they should hold an audition to see who would be the better maid of honor. And after this little tangent on how the audition process goes for him and how Mm -hmm. he's not always accepted, um, they agree that this is a good route and that he and Ross are going to be the judges. So Ross happens to enter as the girls are leaving and both trying to like, basically like one up each other with, with uh, Joey. Um, And no, back up. Ross enters as each girl leaves and they're both giving him major compliments like about his cologne, about his sweater, just like things to basically go to his head. And he doesn't have any idea what's going on. So he takes it for real. Um, But as soon as Rachel, I'm proud of I'm proud of how fast Rachel did that, because as they were talking about it, Ross comes in and she immediately is like, 
oh, hey, sweetie, and yeah. immediately starts to try and manipulate really early to try and bend the poles her way before yeah. he even knows he's going to be a judge for this. He just walked in the door, and she's already laid it on so thick. And I was like, Rachel, that is so clever. She did it. She she immediately flipped and did it. And I was like, dang, girl, way to go. Yeah. But as the girls leave and the door closes, the demeanor in the entire room shifts when Joey turns, or Ross turns to see Joey, who is adamant about talking about this nap, but Ross does not want to talk about it. Um, Joey Mm -hmm. tells him, look, it's the best nap I've ever had, and, you know, kind of goes on and on and on about how he's never had a better nap. And after a little bit of prodding, Ross finally caves and admits to him (laughs) that he, too, experienced the best nap ever with Joey. Um, so Joey wants to do it again, but Ross is like, no, I'm putting my foot down. We're not doing this. Um, and he, you know, tries to coax him a little bit, but it doesn't work. And he's like, fine, do you want something to drink? And Ross, you know, says yes. And he's like, all right, how about some warm milk and et cetera in PM? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, have you ever had warm milk outside of like in preparation for hot chocolate? Yes. You have. Like, as a way to go to sleep? Wait, um, I used to drink it as a kid, yeah, at, at night, like, to really? kind of calm. I don't know why warm milk calms you, but it did. Wow. Okay, we never did that as kids. That's so interesting. Okay. Um, we also got a recurrence of Ross's fingers to his eyes, like he did in the My Sandwich yep. episode. And... I don't know if we get it ever again, but I saw it and I thought, oh my gosh, there it is. We got another um, thing of it. Um, I also do want to call out that the Magna Doodle shows itself loud and proud in this um, scene at the very top of it. The motorcycle that's illustrated on the Magna Doodle is a very specific one. It's a Ducati 916. The way that you can tell is it has the cat eye headlights, the high swept undertail exhaust, and a single sided swing arm. So it's a very specific one. One of the guys must have had their eye on it or something. Or, and that's for show canon. Obviously, in real life, it must have been something important to the people who draw it. Maybe they were just excited about a new release or something. So, yeah. That is the Magna Doodle of the episode. Cool. So then we head back over to Monica and Chandler and Monica interrupts Chandler who's in the bathroom to tell him that he reminds her of a fifth of her fifth grade best friend who rejected her when she asked him out because she was too fat. <laughs> when Chandler comes out of the bathroom right after she says that, there's no flush of the toilet and like they didn't even do it in post. And I just thought Come on, guys. We're better than this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she still feels terrible thinking about about what, you know, she did to this guy. And um, really makes her think that Chandler should apologize to Julie for what he did because maybe she's feeling the same way. And after a little bit of coaxing and convincing him, he eventually agrees and, you know, like, asks, like, how the heck are we going to find her? Which um, he gets another good laugh at because Monica found her doing none other than eating. And again, you know, he just is being immature. Um, but then we had to back over to Joey's. It's a lot of back and forth. Um, yeah. 
and we're at the audition for the maid of honor the guys are going to give hypotheticals to the girls and they're going to score the responses on a scale of one to ten one being the highest according to joey so rachel's up first and she has her scenario is talking monica out of getting cold feet um she uses her own experience with barry and um this kind of like helps her win the guys over like they really like how she drew on that experience and then next phoebe gets tasked with calming down the drunk uncle who is interrupting the ceremony and her solution is tackling the uncle or ross and you think it's not going to go well at first but the guys actually love it um but rachel however is furious because while yes maybe you calmed this maybe you tamed the uncle but you just made a scene in the middle of the ceremony and phoebe looks at her and says do you want a piece of me too um and then (laughs) rachel again is up again and joey spells out a scene where ross and monica are taking a nap together before the wedding and ross quickly catches on to what joey's doing and he jumps up and says this is not a sanctioned piece of this audition and quickly moves on to the final task which is the maid of honor speech that each of the girls has to come up with right now on the spot and Rachel is like flustered and she like kind of stutters through her speech a little bit, but she ends up pulling something pretty decent out in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Um, and the guys think it's beautiful and they don't have any idea how Phoebe is going to top it. But Phoebe, you should never count her out. She steps up to the plate, uses a fake story about her and Rachel showering together. Oh and the guys love <laughs> every for it. imagination they're imagining at that moment. I think it's great that they sort of leaned into the stereotypes when it comes to wedding speeches. Guys are typically known for their humor in speeches and women are known for the sentiment. Um, I hear all the time how guys are like, yeah, the bridesmaid speech are always so boring because they're always the sentimental ones and the guys are always the ones that like don't plan at all, but they're all funny. Um, So I liked how Rachel and hers did add a little bit of humor to placate the guys so that it wouldn't only be emotional that there would be some humor in there because the guys chuckled a little bit, which I thought was really clever of Rachel. And then, of course, I can't believe they fell for Phoebe's. I mean, she's like, when we were showering together, like, that would ever be a speech at someone's wedding, yet alone Monica's wedding. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was, like, a, a cool thing to to show, like, showcase. Yeah. So then we had, like, have a quick scene at Julie's. There's not a whole lot that happens here. Um, Chandler and Monica knock on the door and... When Julie opens the door, she immediately calls him Skidmark, which we can all assume what that means. Um, And then he proceeds to apologize for breaking up with her because she was fat. And we learn that she did not know that this was the reason. And that just makes Chandler feel even worse. That's really (laughs) all I have there. Do you think it was kind of a miss with the storyline that we didn't actually find out what she thought? I thought they were going to go into what she thought and Chandler would have to apologize, apologize even more and, you know, try and backtrack even like coming from like a worse situation. I thought it was like a missed opportunity. I mean, I think it was too, but I also feel like they just needed a filler here for this episode. So I feel like that's kind of where the storyline is and just, you know, also like kind of using it as like a redeeming moment for Chandler too, like a, um, Monica bringing up the past or like the past coming up to Monica and 
than Monica helping Chandler like correct it and like realize like how this went wrong and like how we can move forward through it. Um, yeah, I know that was thinking too into it, but I feel like we don't really. I think they could have added more, like you said, um, but yeah. I don't know that this episode really needed it because I think the main focus of this episode was really like the battle of the the friends trying to figure out who's going to be what. Yeah, for sure. I also love how he tries to lean over to Monica to say, I'll explain later. And she's like, no, I think I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I understand what funny. that joke means, Chandler. Funny. Um, so we head to the cafe and the guys are telling up the scores from the audition and they come up with. Okay. D- why did they, why have they changed since the competition? Like, why is this a separate day? It feels very much like. Because it, it, it should be just a continuation. Very much like. Like, Ross, I feel like, would be like, oh, like, let's take the night. Let's go over this. <laughs> yeah, because all of a sudden they're all Ross. downstairs and just all dressed differently. And I was like, wait, have we really changed days? This was like an overnight situation? It just felt really strange to me. Yeah, it probably is. Maybe for a dramatic effect. Joey was like, I'm going to make you guys wait. <laughs> um, anyways, we're tallying up the score and we find out Phoebe is the winner. And Rachel is less than pleased and says that they're going to flip a coin. And so when they do, it ends up going Phoebe's way. And she's just beyond herself. And she storms out upset. And Phoebe starts to run after her, but not before quickly telling the guys, like, you are the best. Like, thank you for picking me. Um, So she runs out after Rachel. And Joey kind of, like, makes the nap like signal like raises his arm is stretching and he's like you know judging took a lot out of me and i think i'm gonna go upstairs and just uh (laughs) take a nap and ross is like why are you telling me this he's like you know just so you're aware of where i'm at in case you need to know where i'm at and so joey leaves and ross like kind of contemplate contemplates for a minute before Mm -hmm. like quickly like slinking out of the couch and up the stairs to follow joey um Um. we I the <laughs> I just wanted to call out in that scene that when Rachel demands a recount, I was like, ooh, that didn't age well. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with American politics, um yeah. in our last election, it didn't age well. I was like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> Whoops. She's yes. like, I demand a recount. I was like, ooh. Uh, Okay, so we head to the apartment, uh, and Chandler has made a realization that he felt better after apologizing, and he thinks he's going to start apologizing more often after doing stupid things. And Monica asks, like, why don't you just stop doing stupid things? Um, Which is valid, (laughs) but he's he knows himself, and he's like, well, because I'm I would like to do both because I'm going to do both. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Monica asks the question that. I feel like a lot of us were thinking during this episode, at least I was, um, you know, like, will you break up with me if I get fat again? And he is quick to say, like, of course not. Like, I was immature. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I broke up with her for some stupid reason because I was a 15 year old kid. Um, But Monica brings up Thanksgiving when he called her fat in college. And he was like, look, you shouldn't have heard that. Um, because I said it behind your back, like that, that's different, um, which obviously it's not, but she continues bringing up babies. Like my body is going to change and, you know, just these different things. And he tries to save himself by saying that he doesn't see her as a thin, beautiful woman. 
which is not the right <laughs> thing to say. Um, Chandler! <laughs> yeah, which he realizes is not the right thing to say. And he continues by, you know, telling him, like, look, you can blow up like a balloon. You can shrink down to, you know, the size of a peanut or whatever it is he said. He's like, I will always love you no matter what. And I feel like Monica is just, like, come, like, used to these, you know, romantic moments that Chandler has. Like, he usually does something stupid and then he follows it up with, like, the cheesiest, most romantic, cute thing. Um, and that's kind of what this scene was and how it ended. Oh, um, a couple of random things. 145 pounds in a year. Yeah. Not that, not that I'm judging anybody, but I was like, I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah. So I was very shocked and not in the way of like, I'm not trying to judge someone if that were to happen. I was just like, but wait, is that actually physically possible? I feel like if I just that have were no the idea, case, but it would, it would need to be something like, like medical. Like you would need, like, is there something yeah. wrong that made this happen? Right. Because I was like, if you would have said 80 pounds, I would have been like, yeah, people can, that could absolutely happen in a year. But 145, I was like, that can't be real. And again, not as a way to judge somebody if that has happened. Right. It's more yeah. of just, and maybe they were doing Maybe they did a number like that, and again, if it's if it is accurate and it can happen, then I'm not trying to throw shade. But maybe they were trying to grossly exaggerate it as a way to not loop in somebody who it could happen to if it was 80 pounds or something. Yeah, that's to try true. not to like offend anyone listening, because I was like, I don't even know if that's f- if someone is even physically capable of doing that. Like if the human body would allow that. But anyways. And I thought the irony, it's in a bad way, the irony of, like, he's, like, blooming up and shrinking down. Like, the, 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 the fact that, like, Matt Perry is the one saying that, and we see very clearly his, like, up and down in the past seasons from his, um, like, addictions and stuff. I was like, this probably wasn't the best topic to hit on um, as, like, one of the main storylines. But here we are, and we did it. And it's almost over. <laughs> yeah. So the last scene before the tag, we're in the cafe and Rachel comes in apologizing to Phoebe for being a baby about losing to her. Um, and then she pulls out this bag of things that she has been saving since the engagement. And through tears, she describes each item that's in it. Um, and the things were a poetry book that Monica loves, a Halloween photo where Monica was a bride um, a small purse that she thought would be cute for the rings, uh, vintage handkerchiefs, which she takes one of because she's crying so much, um, and then a blue and white garter that Rachel was saving for her own wedding, but she thought Monica could use it as her something borrowed, and it's also blue, so maybe that. Um, after this like reveal, Phoebe kind of gives in to the emotion and just tells her, like, look, you've been thinking about this for a long time. Like, you've prepared all this stuff she's like you you should be monica's maid of honor like it would only make sense and rachel like mm-hmm. i don't know if it was rachel's intention to do this but um like maybe a little bit but she eventually agrees like yeah i think it would be good and then she tells phoebe she's like yeah well look look like you get to be mine then like i'm excited about that and they kind of like bond mm-hmm. over that and then at this moment monica walks in and gets the news and is so excited and does what only Monica will do and just starts oh, no. going off about all the plans that they already have 
And Phoebe is just holding in her laugh because <laughs> she is just beyond herself, like thankful that she ended up giving the slot over. Cause she's like, I can't even imagine the type of bride that Monica is going to be. But Rachel quickly reminds her like, look, mm-hmm. Monica is going to be your maid of honor. So watch out. <laughs> the, the fact that Monica says six thirty my time and then mentions four times a week that they have to get together. She's like, I'm thinking four times to like, four times a week what do you like so what do you say it's 6 30 my place and I'm like oh my gosh the amount of planning um I also agree with you that even though Rachel is really bringing the waterworks I don't think she was doing it in a underhanded sort of way to try and manipulate the emotions of Phoebe to cause her to agree to hand over you know the maid of honor seat um, because they did really have a moment there when she says, and that means that like when the time comes, you know, you get to be mine or whatever it was, or I get to be yours. And she's like, oh yeah, you're right. You know? And so it was a really sweet moment. And that, that to me, cause for a second I thought, wow, Rach, you're really bringing on the waterworks here. Yeah. But then once I they do... sort of talk it out, I thought, no, this was genuine. Yeah. And I do think like at the end of the day, like it makes sense that. Rachel would yes. be Monica's um, because they have known each other longer. Like they've known each other since high school or even yeah. longer than that, like since school. And not that like yes. Phoebe's friendship isn't, isn't one that they care about. Cause they do obviously. But like, I think at the end of the day, like it would make the most sense for the way that they ended up laying it out. Because then also like Phoebe is this, the, the scatterbrained one who isn't very organized. So like having Monica as her maid of honor mm-hmm. is the perfect choice. Um, and then, I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know how I'd feel about Phoebe being my maid of honor, but um, I think she would, she would make it fun in a way, but yeah, I like, yeah. I like the way it, la- it, it landed. It would have been like a really great storyline. So just to kind of wrap it up, it's obviously decided here that Rachel is going to be Monica's. And then fast forward 50 second, 15 seconds if you don't want spoilers. But in the one with Phoebe's wedding, Monica becomes the maid of honor in Phoebe's wedding. And so as Rachel's remarriage to Ross occurs in the series finale, or like after, sorry, after the series finale, because I think that's kind of canon to the story that they do get remarried, it can only be assumed that Phoebe was then Rachel's maid of honor. So we never get to see it, and I think it would have been a really fun storyline to have because, like you said, uh, Phoebe is so like eccentric that it would have made for a fun storyline to figure out how would Phoebe be a maid of honor to Rachel. Um, and then just to re just to like really close down the maid of honor, there is a little fun fact that. In real life, Courtney Cox was made of honor for Jennifer Aniston's wedding to Justin Thoreau in 2015. So I thought that's really sweet. That's fun. Mm-hmm. So in a way, Monica got to be Rachel's maid of honor. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, it's perfect. That's sweet. All right. So the tag is pretty simple. Ross and Joey are at, at Joey's place. They're napping on the yellow couch. And mm-hmm. as they start to stir awake... We notice all of the friends, all four of them, are watching them nap. And the guys get up and are obviously embarrassed. And so Joey just, like, storms away. And Ross, I don't remember yeah. what Ross says, but he says he says something. 
and tries to like basically like shoo it off but yeah he makes like a very quick exit as well he kind of like slinks in the way that joey stormed off sort of yeah ross tries to very like he tries to sort of like slink away like just very like okay i'm just gonna grab this and get out of here (laughs) it was funny but i also don't remember what he said i do want to call out that there was a launch and cycle news magazines on the table so those were the two magazines that were on the coffee table sitting in front of the guys as they napped. Nice. All right. Favorite scene? Ooh. Um, you know, I think I'm just going to have to go with that very first time. No, it might be better the second time. No, what's hard is knowing that it was that their first time waking up from the nap together was when the longest like gag reel was makes me like ah dang like I almost wish the gag reel was a part of the scene because I'm sure it's hilarious watching them just break take after take after take after take um but I think literally that tag scene is really funny they're they caved in they did it again and then all four of the friends find them and they're super embarrassed and I think it's just funny plus and honestly, that's kind of a stretch just because I really didn't find a lot of great scenes in here. So that that's it to me. Nice. Um, I'm just going to say that last scene before the tag with Phoebe and oh. Rachel. I always love a good sentimental okay. scene. And I... You do. You do. I do. You do and usually I, I liked those it as like between, your top. Yeah. I liked it between the two of them, especially. Um, just because it is, I feel like, you know, that vying for the maid of honor spot when there's more than one like close friend is is such a touchy topic um, in like a friend group because like you all want to be involved but you know a lot of traditional weddings have like a maid of honor and then bridesmaids and the maid of honor is typically held a little bit higher I feel like nowadays mm-hmm. it's a little different um, but that it can be like a hard thing to have among group a group of friends especially like three friends like it's such an awkward number but um, I just really in- I really appreciated and enjoyed how they portrayed that with each other so i'm gonna go with that um okay that's such a great hold on that's such a great point when you have such a small group of friends is like so who gets to be the maid of honor i consider myself so grateful that i one have a sister but also have a sister that i get along with really well to where like she's obviously my built-in maid of honor built in guaranteed i don't have to choose between my non-sibling like my non-familial friends and that to me i'm like oh thank god like thank god i have a sister because that makes that decision so easy and then the order of my bridesmaids is just going to be like how long i've known you so that there's no like i don't even have to try and pretend that like and i don't like i like i love them all like equally and differently but it's like there's it's such a weird thing to have to order people in a row and so i'm just gonna be like it's just gonna be how long i've known you (laughs) and it's gonna descend from there luckily i don't have that big of a group but anyways yeah for somebody who doesn't Uh, have a sister it's not as easy as that so right yeah because it's like who's your best friend and then who's gonna be with you in the long run too yeah, but it's also not just your best friend. Like, I've got family that I would consider, like, sisters. Oh. So I'm like, do oh, like I... Like, sister-in-laws. Like, yeah, I mean, 
nothing against my sister-in-law if she ever listens to this. I love her to death. Um, she probably won't be my maid of honor. She'll probably be in my wedding. But um, mm-hmm. I have that slot. There's two people I have in mind for that slot. Um, yeah. And they're both two very different people. So yeah. it's hard because I'm like, when I think of like what the maid of honor is responsible for and what they, like what I would need like the help on most, it's like both of them fall in different areas on that. And so I'm like, okay, who do I pick based on that? Or do I right. put them both in that spot because one's married, one's not like do a matron and a maid of honor. That's um, true. That's so but, true. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. That's, it's a weird, weird position, but regardless if you don't already have that built-in sister or if you don't have a relationship with a sister, you know, I like know. you do with your sister, you know, it could just be hard. So anyways. Yeah, tangent. totally. Yeah. I definitely have like empathy for you. For sure. Um, are we doing episode writing? Is that next? Uh, yes. This episode to me had a very similar feel to the last episode. Um, it's maybe a teensy bit better. So I'm just going to bump it up a number and do the, oh my God. And pretty much for all the reasons that you could think. It was okay. fine. It was a fine episode. Cool. Um, but I'm, it wasn't like, it wasn't even in the meet, in the middle for me. Yeah, I'm pretty similar, but I think I'm going to go up one more to we were on a break. Um, okay. Just because I feel like it probably... Probably because it has, like, a little bit more of a moving forward storyline. Like, we got, like, confirmation, like, who's going to be the maid of honor. Like, yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed that storyline in itself. So, um, and then the nap was absolutely hilarious. So, that's a given. And Chandler being an idiot, as usual. But, um, yeah. So, I'll leave it at that. All right. Post-show wrap-up. Love that. Post-show wrap-up. Um, I am, I'm going to skip out on social media spotlight this week. Um, thank you guys for interacting with us. Um, yeah, but I've, I've got nothing kind of new to add. I've been interacting with people as we go. So, um, let's skip right ahead to recommend to a friend. All right. Um, I'm going to recommend pumpkin seeds. Now you can get them roasted and salted or roasted and unsalted or unroasted and all of the other aboves. Um, I, have recently been on a kick of roasted and salted and it literally like I'm staring at them right now they're on my desk they're my work go-to snack right now um they're high in protein I don't really know what else they're high in I can look at the bag um not very high in carbs surprisingly but they're high in protein which is what I really wanted and they're just a quick snack that you can eat if you're not like a big like peanut person this might be like a better option they're I don't know. I like that saltiness that they add, but they're not like super heavy. Um, and I also don't find I get them. I don't get them stuck in my teeth. Like I usually get like peanuts if I'm eating those or like pistachios or something, but they're a good source of protein, which I have been trying to get more of as I'm lifting more weights these days. Um, and so if you're looking for a quick protein option, like snack that you can sit at your desk or whatever, or on the road, I highly recommend pumpkin seeds you can get them literally anywhere they are a little expensive i apologize but they're delicious so do it feels perfect for a fall recommend <laughs> yeah you can also roast them from an actual pumpkin <laughs> yeah have you ever done that before 
I have, but I can't get them to taste right. So I need to like work on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like a lot of work for not a lot of like high reward. Like the amount of time you'd have to spend trying to perfect that. You're like, how many pumpkins am I going to have to gut to be able to like get this recipe right? I think it's the texture thing, but I do not like gutting pumpkins. I, I'm not usually like a texture person. Like those things don't bother me, but like for some reason I'm just turned off by the idea of like, I've done it so many times, like, and I'll probably do it again at some point in my life. But like the idea of having to cut the pumpkin open and then pull the guts out just to get the seeds. I'm like, it's not worth it. I'm just going to go buy them at the store. Yeah. It's a time thing for me. The amount of seeds that I'm going to get from just going to buy them is going to save me so much time than the amount that I would have to try and do them myself. So that's a great recommend. Mine is completely different. Okay. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to get judged for this one from some of our listeners um, because it's, um, (laughs) it's like an angry girl song. And for some reason, I'm obsessed with it right now because it feels so like, like vindictive, like vindicated, like, yes, like angry girl, go for it. So it's, (laughs) it's called Little Girl Gone by Chinchilla. And I'm obsessed. It's like a song that you would put like for a workout or something. Cause it's like, it's got beats, it's high energy. It's got like vibes to it. It's so good. It's again, it's an angry girl song. It was trending for a little while. I think on like TikTok and Instagram as like some background real music. Um, it didn't stay for long, but I caught it at one point and I was like, that song is dope. Some songs just have a sound to them that resonates with you and you don't really know what it is, but you're like, yes, that's my song. I might not, I might listen to every single other one of her songs and not like a single one, but there's something about the, the compilation or the composition of this one that just got me. So little girl, little girl gone by chinchilla. (laughs) Enjoy yourself. (laughs) Recommend to a friend. That's funny. Um, okay. So Luella, listen to it and let me know what you think. (laughs) Um, okay. Next week we're going to cover the one with Ross's library book. Go check out our giveaway on Instagram. Yeah. Final reminder for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on the One of the Friends podcast.